0: You are not equipped to do what I've called you to do apart from the Holy Spirit. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today is part two of Charles Stanley, and his message is on the seven habits of a godly life. Here's Charles.
1: And so, the reason I said seven habits, because remember we said a habit is a recurring, often unconscious pattern of behavior that's acquired through frequent repetition. Something that you and I do continuously. Now, each thing I've mentioned so far, you can do. The reason you do not do it is because you don't think it's important. Now, watch that. The reason we don't do things that are absolutely sacred, Godly, awesome, life-changing, lifting habits is because we've decided to choose the world's way. And no matter who you are, how gifted you are, how much money you have, how wise you think you are, how much education you have, you cannot live a godly life, the best life, without practicing these seven habits. Now, what is the fifth one? The fifth habit is dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And uh, somebody says, well, what does that mean? It means that I surrender my life, listen, to the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And remember what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, sit down, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued. That is, until the Holy Spirit comes into your life. And when he does, then you'll be ready to do uh, what I have called you to do. So, I've given you some some Scriptures here, some of them are familiar to you, maybe some of them are not. But uh, in Ephesians chapter five, you remember what uh, the Scripture says in this particular passage. And um, let's look at verse eighteen. The Scripture says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation of waste, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if I took a quart-sized jar and set it up here, and uh, I had it half full of water, you would say, well, it's only half full. It would only be full when it's up to the top brimming, complete. When he says be, that, that Greek verb says, be ye being filled, which means it's a continuous thing. In the morning, when you get up amidst your prayer or before you, when you're meditating, before you even get out of the bed, you should say, Lord, I just want you to fill me with your spirit today. Now, here's what that means. Jesus said to his disciples in Luke, Before you do what I called you to do, Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued, until the Holy Spirit has come upon you to indwell you for the simple reason you are not equipped to do what I've called you to do apart from the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit who will empower you. He will empower you, teach you how, give you guidance and direction to do what I've called you to do. Now, most people don't have any idea who the Holy Spirit is. You are. As a follower of Jesus, as a believer of Christ, you've trusted Him for your salvation, you are now already indwelt by the third person of the Trinity who is the Holy Spirit. When you and I choose to disobey God, we choose to sin against the Holy Spirit who is within us and whom God sent into our life to enable us to become, to be, to do to accomplish whatever he has in life so you you're never alone you're you're indwelt by god the holy spirit who is there to enable you help you encourage you strengthen you heal you you name it he's there because we need god in our life and he knew we would then of course there is the sixth one and that's giving to god and to others and uh, in this sixth chapter of Luke, which is a very, very familiar chapter, um, you remember what he says? Give, and it should be given to you. Good measure, he says, listen, they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. When I think about giving to God, my favorite uh, example of that is uh, I was thinking about this last night. My first Sunday school teacher was this naturally. I, I was probably three or four years old somewhere thereabouts because I started school at five, which was too early. Never ever caught up, and 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 then. Uh, but I went to Sunday school every Sunday, and I remember all the chairs were different colors: green, red, yellow, blue, and so forth. And then. The Sunday school teacher was this—I don't know how tall she was, but she looked like she was about ten feet tall to me. Got sitting down. She had black hair, sweet, wonderful lady. And they came around to, to take the offering, and I remember my mother would always give me a few pennies to drop in. I, she would never let me go without having something to give. So before I could count, my mother taught me to give to God. So. When I got my first job, which was a paper out, I made four dollars a week. Well, I was grateful to God. I thought I can't get God change. I gave him a dollar, which was twenty-five percent. I never thought about that. I just thought about well, what did God get. Then after that, I had a paper out and I made sixteen dollars a week, and so I gave God more than a tithe on that. And then all of my life I've never just tithed. Never. For the simple reason I learned very early in life, you cannot outgive God. And watch this, secondly, you can't even predict what you're going to need. And if you can't predict what you're going to need, how are you going to manage all of that? So, we give to God and trust Him to do exactly what He promised to do. And so, I'll give you this simple example that many of you have heard before because it's one that so impressed my life. So, you have to ask yourself the question, is that going to be one of the habits in your life? And the Bible says that God loves the cheerful giver. So, if he loves the cheerful giver, what about, those who, what about those who are stingy, who don't give God? I'll tell you, I'll tell you why God's not pleased, because here's what it says, I can do without him. I'll handle it. I can manage. I don't need God to manage my money. Think about how foolish that is. Your money could burn up overnight. The situation can be that you'd lose it all overnight. You have nothing. But listen to this carefully. You will never be in the situation where you don't have anything because you have God living within you and everything you need, God has promised to provide. An awesome habit in our life. Then I would give you the seventh a habit. And that is very important one, and that is the habit of forgiving other people. And the Scripture, one of the very clear Scriptures in Ephesians chapter four, and uh, we've all read it many times before, but it's the truth and we read it again and again and again. And the Scripture says, listen, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. Very, very important passage. And then he says, don't grieve, in verse thirty, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed at the day of redemption. Then he says in verse thirty-one, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind one to another, and tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Is that always easy? No. It's difficult sometimes to be forgiving to people uh, who have done certain things to you. And I think one of the worst situations is when you've been betrayed. When you have trusted, really trusted somebody, done your best to help them in lots of ways, and then they betray you. They, They do what would be the last thing you think that they would do in your life. And yet, we have to be forgiving. Now, here are seven habits. Listen carefully. I could have done this in a lot of different ways, but I wanted you to see every verse and to get all seven habits down so that every single person in here fully understands the seven habits by which you live a godly life. A life that will be blessed over and over and over again in many, many different ways. But it's a, it's a, it's a choice you make. And I would suggest that you make a choice right now. We're going to pray in a second. And in this prayer, I'm going to pray that you'll be wise enough and say to God, Lord, I want these seven habits in my life, and I will begin today working them into my life. It's a working process into your life. Will you will you live up to all of them every day? No, but here's what you do: you ask God to forgive you. Show me why I tripped up on that one, Lord, and I just reaffirm my desire to be forgiving to others or whatever it might be. Lord, I, I was too busy this morning. I got up and ran off. Forgive me for not stopping to. Meditate upon Your Word, to surrender my life to You, yield myself to You, made a mistake, God, I don't want to do that again. You don't think God will correct you? Yes, He will. He will correct you. He'll give you enough trouble one morning, after you get up and ignore Him, that you won't forget it. <laughs> Listen, you know what? It's because He loves us. Think about it, there's a whole Bible full of truth, but I believe Those seven habits absolutely will transform your life and lead you to be able to accomplish in life more than your heart could ever desire.
0: That was Dr. Charles Stanley, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Charles Stanley, The Seven Habits of a Godly Life. You can also find out more information about him and his ministry at intouch.org. Well, that is all I have for you today. I hope that you have been encouraged to go out and take your mountain and just to trust God for his greatness and for great things to come to pass in your life. Have a great day. God bless.